Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Oh, hello, everyone. Good morrow. I'm James Palmer. With me is Steve Weich. This is the NFL Report, where we're going to dissect the biggest storylines across the NFL. But maybe more importantly, Steve, we are going to discuss the storylines and topics that maybe are getting overlooked. Today, we're going to have Bridget Condon. We're going to have Omar Ruiz. We're going to have Alonzo Highsmith with us, a former personnel executive around the NFL. Pull back the curtain a little bit, if you will, on what happens within NFL buildings during cutdowns. Now, here's the best part, Steve. We are versatile. We're like Deion Sanders. We are not only a podcast with NFL Report, we are also streaming on the NFL channel on Tubi, on Roku, on Peacock, what else? Pluto, all of those spots wherever you stream your television. Look for the NFL channel Mondays and Thursdays at 7.15. So this is also a podcast twice a week, Steve, and this is number one for us. So let's I'll stop promoting us. I'll stop that. Everybody's going to watch anyways. Let's get right into it. And Chris Ballard, the Colts general manager, saying pretty much, Steve, what all of us have been saying to one another privately about the situation with their star running back, Jonathan Taylor. Take a listen. I mean, the situation, I'm not going to sit here and give you some rosy picture like, oh, this is just, everything's okay. No, it sucks. It sucks for the Colts. It sucks for Jonathan Taylor. And it sucks for our fans. It, it just, it does. And it's, it's where we're at and we've got to work through it and we're going to do everything we can to work through it. Relationships are repairable. They're repairable. Yeah. JP, I don't know if this relationship is repairable. First off, I, mean, I love the honesty, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I like, like it sucks, but what if, what, like, when have you ever heard management in any sport? I've covered the NBA. I have covered collegiate football. I've covered the NFL for years. A manager give away any leverage by getting to the emotional point saying this sucks. We don't hear it. So now he's saying it sucks for our fans. It sucks for us. It probably sucks for him because he's the guy trying to negotiate a way to get his star player back on the field. You have your owner and Jim Ursay a couple weeks ago after a, a very public meeting in the trailer at training camp come out and basically say yeah we're not paying him after Anthony, Rich, or, I'm sorry, after Jonathan Taylor, seems like he went in there thinking that maybe they could work something out. So now you've got all this collateral damage. And, and this is this is not good. Now, they, they placed him on Pup JP, right, saying that the ankle hasn't healed, whatever. So they've got four games to work this out, and they're still paying him because he's on Pup. So maybe that's some type of ointment on this open wound. But the fact that we are here, this is one of the most 
in all my years of doing this, all these contract disputes, this one feels so personal. I don't know if it can be repaired. And what has happened, Steve, each and every time this has escalated in terms of emotion? It's almost been every time Jim Ursay has made a comment one way or the other, whether it be via Twitter, sorry, X, uh, which it's called now, or, or, or speaking to reporters and saying something publicly. Because what we do have to remember, and I've been in that building over the last couple of years, you've been in that building over the last couple of years, Jonathan Taylor has been a model citizen in that locker room, a very well-liked player in that locker room, and has gone about his business during his rookie deal, you would assume watching other players get paid. And, and that's what you're thinking when you're a star player, thinking they're going to take care of you as a homegrown talent. You've seen Quentin Nelson get paid. You've seen Naheem Hines got a second contract out of the backfield with him as well. And Darius Leonard. And you're just waiting your time. And now you're maybe the best player on this team. And now you're told you're not getting an offer, any sort of offer. And I think you have to remember, he was on a Zoom call with Josh Jacobs. He was on a Zoom call with Saquon Barkley yep. to go over the state of where all of them stand in terms of their position. I think this is a loss of trust. And you're right. How do you repair a relationship where you feel like the trust is lost? Because the crux of all this is, is one major topic. They believe he is not healthy enough to play like he played in 2021, so they want to see him go out and do it. He wants to get paid before he risks injury going out and doing it. Where do you find a middle ground in that position? Yeah, and this is where it gets dicey because you talk to opposing coaches right now, they're like, I am glad the Colts are going through this because Jonathan Taylor's a beast. You know, he's a top top three running back in the NFL in a lot of yeah. the eyes of, of opposing coaches. So they're they're loving seeing this chaos. But you know, you talk about a lack of trust, and now we got the medical issue as well, JP, because let's say the four mm -hmm. games go when the 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 he comes off a of pup medical staff says he's cleared he's medically cleared he says i have my doctor who says i'm not okay then you all of a sudden bring the medical group in as collateral damage it gets real ugly but we're going to move on from this because we've got another medical situation and potential contract situation brewing in cincinnati and for that for that jp let's also bring in our bridget condon who spent a, a couple days up at training camp oh. in Cincinnati with the Bengals. Bridget, you're coming in. We are talking about quarterback Joe Burrow. Shows up on the practice field on Tuesday. Comes out and practices Wednesday. Head coach Zach Taylor says it doesn't look like he's missed any practice at all with that calf injury that kept him out. What is the latest you can tell us about his situation medically and then contractually? Yeah, I don't think anyone was surprised to see Joe Burrow on the practice field. You know, his head coach saying he hasn't missed a beat, his teammates saying that he brought an extra spark out to practice. When I was up there, it was the first day we kind of saw him in street clothes. He had that bucket hat just kind of watching practice. And at that point, you kind of knew, okay, he's going to be ready for week one. Now, to be out there the week before you really get into focusing on week one, it seems like the natural progression of that injury. I know there's a lot of talk about has he been, you know, kind of maybe lingering a little bit because of that contract situation, but I think there's a lot that we have to dissect here with Joe Burrow, and I want you guys to chime in here, but the best thing, and maybe even, I don't know, more trendy than him being back on the practice field, did you guys see his Instagram story of him in the LeBron James Cavs yes. jersey? And it said, okay, I don't know. Are you guys familiar with Snapchat? I feel like maybe not. That's all you. It's okay. all you, Bridge. <laughs> Pass. So it's definitely a Snapchat. I'm married, like, Bridget. Near, 
<laughs> it's definitely, a, but in high school, come on guys. It's definitely a Snapchat mirror picture because you can just tell with the- um, In high school. Like the, the graphic that says we're back or he's back. It's definitely like an old picture, but he posted it on his Instagram story to let everybody know he's back. This is a guy that he's a lot of fun to be around. His teammates like him. He has that swagger that we always talk about. I think there is no question in anybody's mind in the building that a deal is going to get done before the season starts. It's just when. And I think, you know, it could come down today. It could come down tomorrow. I think everybody's kind of on the edge of their seat. We also have to remember the same agent that's doing his deal is the one doing Nick Bosa's. So a busy next two weeks for, you know, both of them. I think we're seeing, Bridget, honestly, I, this seems, in, in, in just by watching it go down from when, in the spring Joe Burrow's talking about, I think I've made it abundantly clear what I think uh, I'm worth and, and what I think I'm, I'm worth getting. Uh, it's been pretty amicable. I do think both sides are very tough in terms of negotiations. The Bengals have never been pushovers, Steve, over the years by any stretch. But I'm curious on how this contract is going to be structured. Because, really, if you think about it, it's Patrick Mahomes, and the next best player we all say is Joe Burrow. I think the gap is probably closer than maybe some other people believe. How does he structure this contract? How creative are they maybe having to be, Steve, during this contract negotiations if Joe Burrow, who has made it clear he wants to keep this group together the same way Mahomes has said he wants to be able to structure his contract to where he can keep a lot of talent around him, you have... One of your top receivers in T. Higgins that is also due a new deal. Jamar Chase is already on the horizon, in a sense. And that's just the guys he throws the football to. There's a lot of other positions and positions you have to pay. How do you think Joe Burrow structures this contract? Because I do think he looks at success similarly to Patrick Mahomes. I think this will be a record-breaking deal. But I do think there's some creativity that's going on behind closed doors right and, now. And, and you, you nailed it, JP, when you said, I think he looks at success the same way. That's why he's out there on that practice field right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was video of him. He's not wearing a sleeve or anything on that calf. He, he's wearing, like, like everything is good to go. So he's a football player. He wants to be out there competing with his teammates. But the structure is important. And to your point about Mahomes, he didn't take a ton of cash over the first three years. You have a lot of people saying, what is this guy doing? Yep to backload a deal like this in case he gets hurt, um, there is a potential trust issue. There's a potential renegotiation there for Mahomes. But let's look at how the market is laid out. This offseason, Lamar Jackson, five years, $260 million. Jalen Hurts, five years, $255 million. Justin Herbert, five years, $262 million with a no-trade clause, right? So these are the parameters to get a deal done. So you're going to see the yearly average and everything be similar to those three. It is going to be the structure to see if they can keep this team together but, Bridge, I want to get back to you. You know, you heard me say that Joey B didn't have the sleeve on. He's out there wanting to play football. The risk of stepping out on that field and re-aggravating that thing, do you think there's a bond enough with that organization, which has been tight with money uh, up probably into the last five years, oh, and yeah. Joe Burrow to take care of him even if he does get hurt before a contract is finalized? Well, I think we have to remember, I think, today too he just participated in individual drills right i don't think we're going to see him doing and a, a lot of team drills and whether that's the natural progression of the injury or he's thinking contract in his mind no one's really going to know but i do think you're getting down to that period like you mentioned but in my eyes there's no way that this organization doesn't pay joe burrow yes there's been issues in the past but this is a guy who's coming in 
And he's going to be the one to get you to it. He's already gotten you to a Super Bowl, but hopefully help you win that first Super Bowl. He's mentioned, you know, that window being his entire career. This is the face of your franchise. And I think he's proven he's had injuries, right? This is his fourth consecutive offseason where he hasn't participated in the entire mm-hmm. chunk of it and still has found success. So depending upon the injury, I think regardless, this is the guy that you want to pay. This is the guy you want as the face of your franchise. Hopefully figure it out so that, you know, for Joe Burrow's sake, he gets the money and then can worry a little bit less if something unfortunate were to happen. Boom. Great stuff. Really, really good points Steve, right real there, quick, Bridget. I'll say this. The Bengals Bridget, are not going to put him out there making less money <laughs> you than sure? Arch Manning. You sure? You, you don't, you don't think they're going to make him, him available? less money than Arch Manning. Don't, don't. <laughs> No. You don't think we're going to have a Jonathan Taylor situation in Cincinnati? <laughs> hey, really good stuff. Good. Really good stuff. Bridget, sit tight. We're going to come back to you. We're also going to be joined a little bit later by Omar Ruiz and Alonzo Highsmith. But today is also a very sad day, James, as one of the NFL greats, Gil Brandt, personnel and scouting legend, to the point where the NFL would not be where it is today. I'm going to say this uh, personally and professionally without Gil Brandt. He passed today at the age of 91. Now, the long-term Cowboys executive who was there from the inception of the franchise up until 1989 when he was let go, when Jerry Jones bought the team, he was somebody who had an incredible eye for talent. He brought computers into the game. He was the grandfather to what now is the actual NFL combine. Uh, Gil went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2019. He worked here at NFL.com. He was here when I started in 2008. He helped me tremendously. But my great respect for Gil Brandt comes because of his professionalism, his attention to detail to historically black colleges and universities. He stacked the rosters for the Cowboys, a lot of small school players and HBCUs. He was on the Black College Football Hall of Fame selection committee with me, and he's somebody near and dear to all of us. Rest in peace, Gil. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. You know, he knows what he did on the field and he knows how valuable of a player he is and he knows he'll be, he'll be compensated for it. So I don't think he has a, a worry in his mind 
we have to strike the right mix of urgency. I don't like this. I don't like not having one of our best players here. We've got a really good track record that I'm proud of as a group of having our players in. Is there any frustration that you know, you guys have a great shape? No, it's going pretty much exactly how I expected it to go. It's, um, so now it's kind of just been exactly what I thought. You expected it to go? This long? Yeah, I had a feeling it would. You can imagine this team not having him on the team, say, if this thing goes on into the regular season. Uh, yeah, you, I can imagine anything. Doesn't mean I like that picture. Uh, of course not. You guys know how we feel about Nick, and um, we all know how good of a player he is. So hopefully we can come to terms soon and um, get him here as fast as possible. This is the guy that addresses our team every Saturday and just gives his wisdom. Uh, we, we miss him and, and looking forward to the day he's coming back. Just want to sack the quarterback, dude. <laughs> all right, welcome back. That was Eric Armstead, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, all members of the 49ers talking about you-know-who, Nick Bosa, who just wants to sack the quarterback, dude. I'm excited to hear Omar Ruiz drop a couple of dudes in here. Uh, when's this dude showing up and when's this contract getting done with this dude, Omar? Well, to borrow from Nick Bosa's sack dance celebration, I don't know. <laughs> Nick <laughs> hey! Bosa and this contract <laughs> negotiation uh, dragging on even longer than John Lynch expected. He acknowledged that yesterday in a press conference when I spoke with Lynch at the very beginning of training camp, he indicated to me he knew it was going to be a tough negotiation uh, with Nick Bosa and his representatives, um, but it has gone on longer than he thought. Kyle Shanahan, meanwhile, saying this is about the window that he'd thought they'd reach a, a negotiation. But I go back to 2017, Steve, you probably remember this, Aaron Donald showing up maybe the Friday before week one. He didn't play in that opening game of the Sean McVay era in Indianapolis. They, they blew the Colts out. And then he goes on to win the Defensive Player of the Year. His first now with Nick Bosa, the reigning Defensive Player of the Year, uh, comes in. I still don't get a sense from the 49ers that he's not going to be there eventually, that this will eventually get done. But obviously, in John Lynch's eyes, this has gone on longer than he thought it would take. Yeah, oh, I will tell you this. You know, judging by the tone, like we played a clip of Kyle Shanahan a week ago, and then yesterday... There seems to be a little bit of consternation in the tone. But I'll also say this, and this is just years of experience of dealing with a lot of these types of contract situations. When you hear teams say, like, hopefully we can get this done in the next couple of days, that process tends to be sped up to, like, yeah, it's probably going to get done in the next couple of hours. Now, now maybe I'm just being this or that. But, you know, I, I heard that, you know, this year in training camp with the Vikings with Daniil Hunter. Oh, yeah, you know, hope, maybe I think we'll get it done in the next couple of weeks. And the next day it was done. So when you start hearing things like that, there, there tends to be an accelerated clock. But here's maybe the potential, I won't say hang up, but let's look at the market. T.J. Watt, 28 mil per year, 80 fully guaranteed. Joey Bosa, 27 mil a year, 78 fully guaranteed. Miles Garrett, 25 a year, but just 50 million guaranteed the guaranteed money is going to probably be the issue here when you look at 80 fully guaranteed always that's is. the money he's going to get whatever that that's always the number and you and you look at the Niners they're they're putting their money on defense but Eric Armstead uh Fred Warner they just signed uh Javon uh Javon um Hargrave, Hargrave to a big contract Hargrave. Hargrave. so you know this is where they are going to put their money knowing that 
Nick Bosa is the dude who really is the best out of all of them. But now it's just a matter of how that's going to come and what that might do to guys on the other side of the ball in the coming years. But there still isn't that, to me, financially, the fact that you've got a rookie quarterback on a seventh-round contract, you still have a lot more wiggle room than other teams do, JP. And the fact also you're hearing the way that Lynch and Kyle Shanahan talked about this, they're not saying, oh, this sucks. <laughs> they're keeping a good line of communication <laughs> open to the player and, and negotiations. That- and that's the way well, things I think have the been, North Star Steve, in all this. But they have taken care of their homegrown guys. They've done it. They've taken care of guys like Debo Samuel. They've taken care of other guys in the past. I think a couple of quick points on this before we, we move on. Omar, sorry to cut you off, but I got I got to jump in. I got to say this. Listen, they're not trading him. Both John nope. Lynch and Kyle Shannon were asked, you know, would you trade Joey? Would you trade Nick Bosa? No, that's not happening. He's the best defensive player in many people's minds in the NFL. You mentioned Steve T.J. Watt's deal at, at twenty eight million dollars a year. You would think coming off of a Defensive Player of the Year award and 18 and a half sacks, that Nick Bosa, with two years also of inflation off of that contract, this is probably a $30 million a year situation where this contract is going. Now, what we do need to keep an eye on, because I do think a deal gets done before the start of the season, is he ready for week one? John Lynch believes, usually, universally, it takes about three weeks for a player to get ready to play in an NFL game. But he also acknowledged that Nick Bosa is not a normal human being in terms of how he's built, how he works out. That is going to be the thing we keep our eye on once he reports, is how quickly he gets up to speed, because the 49ers believe it'll be much quicker than a lot of other players around the league or a lot of other players they've dealt with in the past. Let's talk to another guy that is not in camp. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs' Chris Jones, who is doing a holdout to really describe all holdouts. His situation also is different than Nick Bosa's because Nick's is coming off of that rookie contract and Chris Jones is coming off of his second contract, Steve. So that is a situation where he's getting fined regularly. Omar, about $1.8 million already missed. And what I've been told is it's not like the Chiefs are upset with Chris Jones. They're just kind of scratching their head going, I'm not sure what's going on here. Why didn't you just have a hold in? Why didn't you just show up and not participate? They're kind of just confused by the situation more so than they're angry, which is very interesting. Yeah, look, I mean, it is interesting, but let's piggyback off of the previous conversation. Chris Jones, the last two years, has primarily played on the edge, correct? So suppose Nick Bosa comes in at $30 million a year. Yeah. Now the Chiefs are like, holy hell. Yeah. We're not going to pay this. You know, he's the best defensive lineman, but, to, you know, is he interior? Where Aaron Donald's making $31 million this year? Or, you know, or is he yep. the edge guy, $30 million a year? This could really, to me, this Bosa deal might throw another wrinkle into the Chris Jones holdout, Omar. Well, I think I think you guys both, in bo- both these conversations, kind of hit it on the head, whereas Nick Bosa needs to be on the 49ers for them to be true Super Bowl Contenders, And I think it's the same thing with Chris Jones. As good as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are, Chris Jones, the centerpiece of that defense, making them a Super Bowl caliber championship defense. And I think his representatives know that. Just like you said, Steve, seventh round quarterback, rookie quarterback going into his second year with the 49ers. Uh, Nick Bosa's agents know that as well. Just like Chris Jones's agents know that, you know, he is needed in the middle of that Chiefs defense. And and, you know, if this is what they have to deal with to start the season, it's going to be things like this, I think, that might, you know, that could derail the Chiefs. I think, I think we're all bullish on Kansas City this year. I mean, I know personally I feel as strongly about them repeating this year as any team since I've been covering 
the NFL. When you go back to looking how Mahomes adjusted to the new look receiving core, and then you had the six rookies playing significant snaps on defense last year, and they're only going to grow. But at the center of it all is Chris Jones. And I think, you know, it's a matter of time before he gets in. But, uh, but yeah, a little, little, little sweaty in uh, Santa Clara and Kansas City right now. Yeah, I like it, man. Two, two, two likely Super Bowl contenders. Got to get the best defensive lineman in there, guys. We're going to button this up right now because our special guest is waiting on hold. Remember, guys, we are two days away from rosters being cut to the 53, practice squads being made, guys getting stashed, teams only keeping one quarterback on the active roster. Coming up next, Alonzo Highsmith is going to tell us how the roster Let's sausage go. is made. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All right, back at the NFL Report, Steve White here, James Palmer. Now we're joined by our special guest, Alonzo Highsmith, the number three overall pick of the Houston Oilers in 1987, longtime NFL personnel exec, and now the general manager of the University of Miami football team. Zoe, thanks so much for joining us, man. Hey, thank you for being on, and um, enjoy watching you guys every day on television. Um, it's, what, it's probably one of the things I really enjoy the most, being in college football is having an opportunity to sit back and watch the whole NFL, listening to your stories, reports on what's going on around the league. And I'm not too far removed from the league, so I understand a lot of the things that are going on. That's why we have you here, Zoe. That's why we have you here. But first off, yeah, general manager of a collegiate program. Like, what is that? That, that seems like a very interesting title. Well, I, I think mine is, a, is a really a unique situation. Having played at University of Miami – understanding the city of Miami, understanding the culture. Um, there, I wouldn't say there's a real GM in college football because they, that's the head coach. The head coach is, um, you know, he, he basically runs the program the way he wants to run it. And all, and all you're trying to do is um, is be an ear for him. Uh, one of the greatest things I really enjoy doing is talking to the players. You know, I have such a different perspective of college football being in it now for athletes and understanding what they go through to play college football. It's, it's much 
different than when I played college football. Social media, time consumption, there's so many things that that involved compared to when I played. You know, I, I, I have a real appreciation for these kids and understanding where they're trying to get to. And I try and use my knowledge of being where they want to go to give them good advice. And, you know, I enjoy when they come in my room and, you know, we've got some young running backs and they came in my room and they were talking about football. And I said, hey, let's put up some great backs on YouTube and watch and just and just sit there and watch them. Well, who'd you put up? I put up Nick Chubb, of course. <laughs> Gee, Brent, who drafted Brandon him? Chubb, who drafted him course. to Cleveland? Yeah, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon Jacobs and some other backs. So just getting them to understand the expectations and where their dreams want to go. These, these, this is the process you're going to have to follow. So that's one of the things I really enjoy about being back at the University of Miami. Well, listen, I want to talk about these teams that you used to be with, Alonzo, in the Packers, the Browns, the Seahawks. What was the process in, in during the week in the years past that we just went through in the NFL in terms of cut down? What was the preparation? Because I'm curious, everybody knows what's going on in, usually in your own building, but when you're looking at the 31 other teams, what is the process that would go into that and making sure you were prepared to steal somebody from somebody else's squad? Well, I think it all boils down basically to the foundation of your organization. Um, at the Cleveland, I'm sorry, at the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks, it's, it's about building through the draft. It's about young players. And um, Ted Thompson and Ron Wolf were really big on the back end of the roster. You're always trying to improve the back end of the roster with young, more talented mm -hmm. players. And, you know, and, and that's one of the things we really concentrated on because we weren't a team that was going to go out and sign the $20 million um, corner or that big time defensive end. So it was about drafting precisely for your team and understanding the league and what's out there. So when these cut down days come out with your scouts involved, the Per, all your player personnel people involved, you're scouring through the NFL on cutdown day to find that one diamond, to find some guys who can improve the back end of your roster. So, you know, when I when I look at, you know, some things that happen in the NFL, joint practices is one, Zoe. You know, a lot of coaches love the joint practice, controlled environment. But when I go to joint practices, I see personnel guys looking at every other team's individual drills, yeah. all that person. Like, how much do these joint practices factor into you guys getting a good read on talent? Like, hey, if this corner becomes available, we really want to go get him. Or we really like this guy well, here. Or they may want to stash one of our guys because they're looking at our guys just like we're looking at theirs. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's a huge factor because when you have an opportunity to see the other team up and personal, you're able to dig back into your college reports on players. And you know what? Maybe you don't get that player now. Maybe you get him in a trade six months later. Maybe you get him in a trade in the offseason where they release him in the offseason. Um, maybe you get that player in his second contract. You had an opportunity to really watch him. Your scouts really liked him in college, but because of the draft, you weren't able to get him. So you can use those joint practices in many ways to benefit your team. You know, there could be a kid that you think – you're looking at their depth. You're looking at their depth chart, and you know there's five DBs that are going to make their team based on what you're watching. There's this kid we really liked in college, and 
we might have had a fifth-round grade on him, a sixth-round grade on him, and he doesn't get drafted. Well, he's a free agent for that team. So you're thinking in your mind, oh, man, I really like this kid, and we liked him as a group, as an organization. We're getting ready for the draft. We didn't have the fifth or sixth-round pick. If they release this kid, we're going to immediately jump on him. And that's why you get scouts involved. Um, You go back to what you saw in college when you're looking at young players. So there's an opportunity for you to make your team better, improving the back end of the roster. So quickly, is a guy like Tremont Williams like that? Because I think he was a six-round pick for Houston, got let go. You guys have him and turned him into a Pro Bowl corner. Well, the the thing about Tremont was I loved him in college. I I had a good grade on him. I I think we liked him as an organization, but those things happened. We weren't, we didn't draft him and he went through the circuit after the draft, after the draft, he didn't get signed by anybody. He was hanging out and we had an opportunity because of our grades from college to bring him in and worked out. We put him on a practice squad and the rest is history. The same thing can be said about Sam Shields. The same thing can be said about Chris Banjo. These type of kids who we who we like, they had the athletic traits, they had speed, they had all those sorts of things, and then they're they're on the street. You have an opportunity to sign these guys, and they become valuable members of your team. Well, I'm always curious about this, as opposed to getting somebody from another team. How about the process? We always talk about it, but I'm curious how it happens. Hiding a guy on your team, essentially. You know what I mean? Like where you don't want to see him play in the preseason for the rest of the league to see him so you can put him on your practice. But give me exactly how that process happens and how an organization goes about maybe a guy hiding him that they want to develop. Well, first of all, it's really hard to hide somebody because of the information out there. Like all 31 teams have the same information we have about that player it's probably more of a based on a perception on how you see that player and how you see how he fits on your team and those sorts of things and how all the other teams see that player. Uh, maybe he gets hurt in the preseason and he only plays one game. Um, well, mm-hmm. you, as a team looking at your team, you go, well, they're going to try and sneak this guy on the practice squad. And and it's really hard to pull players from another team's practice squad once those practice squads are set. So you may wait for him to get get released, and boom, you jump on him like a hawk. And now he's your property. So, you know, those are the <laughs> things that go into players. I, I can think of a player every year I thought was going to get cut at um, at the Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen. I really liked him. He was um, came from a small school. I'm watching tape, watching their scrimmages. Um, I mean, watching their preseason games and things like that. And I go, man, when they cut this guy, we're going to jump on him. Well, lo and behold, he never gets cut. And he becomes who he is in, in the league. And those things go on every day. You have to remember in the personnel department, Everyone's responsible for teams. Everybody's writing reports about all the practice squad players. So when the cutdown day does come, you're prepared for it. You know all these players. Your scouts know these players. When I was in Green Bay, Reggie McKenzie would call me or Ron Wolf or Ted Thompson would call me about a player after cutdown. They say, hey, you really like this kid in college? And I'm like, yeah, I really did like him. We should grab him. You know, and, and, and that's how that and that's how those relations start. All right, Joe, we're going to ask you to sit tight for just a second. We're going to go to a quick cool. break, and you're going to come back. We've got a lot more of Alonzo Highsmith. Plus, later in the show, is Matthew Stafford and some of these other quarterbacks, are they too old to relate to some of these young, wide receivers? We'll have more on the NFL Report when we come back. Yeah, teach them a lesson, Steve. <laughs> 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Welcome back to the NFL Report. We're with Alonzo Highsmith, the general manager of the Miami Hurricanes. And we, we, we grilled you about all your time as a, as a personnel executive, Alonzo. And, and I'm curious also... When you're in the building every day, there's obviously some hurt feelings between player and team when it comes to contracts, when it comes to, you know, not getting the money they feel like they deserve. I know you're following like the rest of us, this Jonathan Taylor situation. How does one try to repair a relationship and move forward when things become as public like they are in Indianapolis right now? Well, if it's all about money, I think it can be repaired. Um, money has a way of curing okay. a lot of ills, and, and and we all know that. Um, I, I think the problems become when it becomes personal, when there's attacks on both sides to each other. That's when the relationship kind of goes to sour, and it, and it's irreparable. So, you know, I'm just hoping in his situation because he's a great talent. It's unfortunate what people think about running backs these days, the value of running backs, but. I think this guy is special. He's a difference maker. The Colts are a better team with with him than without him. And I'm hoping if it just comes to money, they finally say, you know what, let's just pay the guy what he's worth. And I think everyone will be happy at the end of the day. So you're number three overall pick. You were you were a running back coming out of college. Let's 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 hit yeah. on this. You talked early in the show about young players coming to seek advice from you. You're, you're telling about running backs. Has anybody said? Should I continue playing this position because it's not no longer a big money position in the NFL? Well, you know what? I thought about that honestly, and you know, in today's football, if I was a six-one, two hundred and thirty-five pound kid that played running back and linebacker, I'd probably stick to linebacker. I mean, they're not getting paid either, though. Longevity, (laughs) um, the perception of the position, um, you know. I, I think, you know, when, when, when people look at the running back position today, they look at the teams that are winning Super Bowls, they say, well, they didn't have a great running back. And then you see guys get hurt. The running back position doesn't last very long. So if I'm a young kid, 
I may make that move. I, I think there's a perfect example of that. Um, DJ Williams, one of the number one recruited kids in the nation at the University of Miami, his first year they moved him to running back, and then he switched back to linebacker, and the rest is history. You know, he's a first-round draft pick, Denver Broncos, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know what? That is something to think about, and I've often thought about that. Well, Alonzo, everybody wants to play quarterback because we're talking about getting paid. That's that's where that's where you get paid is playing quarterback in the NFL. But we're, we're seeing just now in San Francisco a, a huge swing and a miss, uh, essentially, it seems right now. I know it's early and it's a small sample size with Trey Lance. But what what is it that makes evaluating the quarterback position so difficult? I've seen you at a number of pro days. We've talked at yeah. pro days. Like, what, yeah. what goes into evaluating quarterbacks and why is it so hard? You know what? It, it, Never has one position determined the fate of so many men, that quarterback position. I think quarterback mm. is the hardest position in the history of sports. When you look at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. your defense depends on you, your offense depends on you, the organization depends on you, the fans depend on, depend on you. You are the emperor of the quarterback position. And if you're good at it, you'll be treated like the emperor. But if you're not good at it, they'll kick you to the curb, throw you aside, and it sets the organization back sometimes. That's how important that position is, and that's why they get paid the most money, and they're the most viable. I mean, and and that's the thing that's interesting about the quarterback position, you don't know where they're going to come from. They come from everywhere. You look at Brock Purdy. You look at Aaron Rodgers getting to University of California. You look at Josh Allen, not recruited out of high school, um, this list goes on and on of these guys. And then you have the guys who were the five-star guy in high school and all that kind of stuff. And I can tell you this, evaluating high school players now at the high school level and seeing these seeing these next generation of quarterbacks, it's even harder because you know, really? when you see a kid when you see a kid throw the ball fifty five times in a game, he's seventy percent completion rate, four touchdowns, but he didn't throw a ball over 12 yards. You know, there, there's so many different mm-hmm. factors. And, and I think the number one factor about the quarterback position is these guys have it. When even as a young guy, you knew that guy had it. He was he was maybe a little cocky. Maybe he was a little brash. He was confident in himself. Um, the media didn't bother him. Um, he had a talented arm or he had a talented mind and he had a tremendous work ethic. I, I think one of the things you have to find out about the quarterback position is what is his mindset and what is his work ethic like? Does he, if he does, if he's not going to have the natural talents of the Aaron Rodgers and a lot of things, he's going to have to have so many other things. And the guys who have the talent are going to have to have, have, will have to have the other part of the game at 100% to succeed. So, I mean, you look at look at Jackson at the Ravens, a unique kid. He's unique in his own way. He's a winner. All he does is win football games. I, w- I had the opportunity to watch Jalen Hurts in high school. He was a winner. He went to Oklahoma. He was a winner. He went to Alabama. He was a winner. And there were so many thoughts about him, These whether it's a false narrative or yeah. a positive narrative that sometimes you don't know what to believe, so you have to believe the talent. I thought when Jalen Hurts went to the 
to the combine, he threw the ball as well as any quarterback that that was there. He was he was six foot two, hmm. six one, ran a four six, and I thought he had a heck of a combine throwing the football. Now, what happens in the quarterback position sometimes is you don't want to believe what you see. Um, well, he played at Iowa. He played at Iowa State. He, you know, he didn't play with a good team. There's so many narratives with that position. That's why it's so hard. That, that's why it is so hard to choose that guy sometimes. Alonzo, that that is that is why we have you on the show because that is absolutely fantastic evaluation. You know, you really peel back some layers and some onions. Hey, bro, thanks so much for joining us here on the NFL Report. You on our initial podcast, so. You know, you're leading things off for us, man. Number Good luck one. to you and really appreciate you. All right, guys. Take care. All right. And when we come back, we're going to talk the age discrepancy. Can an older quarterback get along with his younger teammates? We got a lot coming ahead on the NFL Report. Oh. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. We are back for the final block of the NFL report. James Palmer, what is going on in New England? I know we've been asking that for a while, but when you see cut-down date and Mac (laughs) Jones is the only active quarterback on the roster, what are we doing here? (laughs) It's unconventional, Steve, and I think we've seen unconventional from Bill Belichick before. It was really just going out there and exposing both these quarterbacks to waivers. And then they have ultimately come back to the practice squad in Bailey Zappi and uh, Malik Cunningham. Cunningham. Yep. I'm looking at Cunningham going, I'm looking at Cunningham going, Steve, like this is going to be Jalen Hurts for the next several days. Right. I believe. They open up against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is going to be Jalen Hurts in practice for the next 10 days, roughly. I was surprised at how they went about it. Uh, but Bill Belichick made sure everybody knew, and he said it very clearly, there's going to be some unconventional ways about how we go about this, but we're going to get back to, you know, our 53 and our practice card and how we want it to be. I know a lot of people have buzzed about Brian Hoyer uh, as a potential return to New England. That I don't is think the that's first time that's ever been said. Number two job was honestly, 
Yeah, I don't. First, I, there was. I'm serious, but I okay. don't think I don't think their the number two job with the Raiders was really up for grabs by any means. But I, I it, just, it made people's minds. And my point of of it was it just made people's minds go right. Like what what's the thought here when they were both waived in a sense? Well, I'm telling you, if I'm an opponent, I'm claiming both of those guys. So they go into a game with only Mac Jones, and we'll see how this great strategy <laughs> works out. Speaking of great strategies, okay. and I need some help with this, we've got to bring in Omar Ruiz and Bridget Condon back onto the NFL report as the elder statesman here. As someone who has sons ages 27 through 30, I have a hard time relating them. Relating to them. Well, I'm related to them, but a hard time relating to them because, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was a guy yeah. who at one point had to get up and turn the TV <laughs> channel. So Bridget Condon as... The real youth expert on the show. You were out at the Rams practice earlier this week when there was a conversation. Kelly Stafford, Matthew Stafford's wife, I'm pretty sure she was joking when she said, Matt's so old, he can't he can't figure out these young guys. He, you know, he doesn't know how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! and all of these things that these guys are playing. So let's chew on this a little oh, bit, Bridget. Please. Since you were there, what's the conversation? And actually, more importantly, what's the dynamic? Okay, I think this was blown way out of proportion. Anybody who knows Kelly Stafford, and I don't know her personally, but I listened to her podcast, she jokes a lot, and this 100% was a joke. Whether it's true or not, there is a little bit of truth to it, but I don't think that causes any concern. There's a difference, right? When you are, even between you and I, we're talking about Snapchat earlier on the podcast, and you and Jerry are like, what's Snapchat? <laughs> like, I'm going to get in trouble with my wife. You're not going to get in trouble with your wife if you use it in the right way. But seriously, there is a difference. <laughs> there is a difference in age, of course, and almost more like culture too, right? I think the younger kids coming up because they grew up with TikTok, they grew up with Snapchat, they grew up with phones at the every second of their life. They they operate a little differently, but it's nothing to be said about oh my god, they're not going to be able to get along on a football field together. I think that's where the out of proportion came into play. Well, I think the broader point in all of this is that Matthew Stafford perhaps has to try a little harder now to relate to the players because they are in their phones. They're not playing ping pong. They're not sitting around doing those bonding things like they normally would or like they used to in the locker room in their downtime. He has to actively go seek a guy, figure out you know where he's from, strike up a conversation, what he did this weekend in order to get to know him. So it just takes a little more planning for Stafford is what I read through Kelly Stafford's comments, uh, Matthew Stafford that is, in, in having to um, exude that leadership in that locker room. Not necessarily that he can't relate to the guys, it just takes a little extra effort because a lot of the young guys are so attached to their cell phones and they're not just hanging out naturally like they used to do. Okay, I think, remember I think... Tom Brady? Remember, he was like right. 20 years older for a long time, but he always related to the guys because Listen, he would just wait, always wait. know their names and, and strike up conversations and all that. JP, let me get in here because I'm going to act like the kids. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay. Why is it Matthew Stafford who's got to reach oh, back? Steve. Matthew Stafford's the ones with the, with, the, with the skins on the wall. Why wouldn't these young folks, JP, be the one like, I want to get to where that guy's going, so let me learn more about him. Why is it on the old guy who's got to go fishing in the Snapchat pool or whatever it is, the Yu-Gi-Oh card pool, to, to get with his teammates? Because we've seen oh. this, right? Look, Aaron Rodgers on Hard Knocks. Wait, hey, what's Yu-Gi-Oh you keep talking about? I, I, I don't even know. Is Yu-Gi-Oh a thing? Yu-Gi-Oh, like, Yu Naruto. Thing. Yeah, I got kids. You know, they, oh, they Naruto. All okay. All that stuff. But, but what, I'm saying, what, I'm, what I'm saying is 
Like, you have derailed, Steve. Well, look, Aaron Rodgers, we're seeing a hard knocks. He's buddy-buddy with all these guys. Well, ask Christian Watkins and all those guys, those young players last year in Green yeah. Bay, if he was that nice to them. Right? So, you know, it's like I said, it takes mm-hmm. like, hey, I've got to make an effort on both sides. All right, James, get us back on rails. I'll say, I'll say this, Steve. If you remember, it's it's pretty much Julian Edelman's claim to fame, right? He is the one that went and said, I'm going to attach myself to Tom Brady. I'm going to follow him in every spot that he goes, every corner of the earth he wants to throw a football. I'm going to go there and be with him. That is the young guy approach to the veteran quarterback you're talking to, and look what it did for Julian Edelman. Omar brought up Brady, by the way, and, and being down there in an elderly woman's home used as an Airbnb for 37 straight days. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I got a chance to be a fly on the wall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's where we put me. We put me in an Airbnb and an elderly woman's home. uh, Listen, you can go on YouTube. Golden Girls, baby. You can go on YouTube. Wow. Wasn't offered. Wasn't offered back then, guys. But you can go on YouTube. You can watch my Tampa Diaries as I uh, broadcast live from that home during COVID. But I got to watch... Tom Brady being a fly on the wall. So few of us were allowed at those practices to be right there on the sideline and watch Brady interact with an entirely new group of guys. And everything I heard from every player I spoke to on that Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster was like, he has found a way to connect to everybody inside this room. And he always heard in New England that the first thing that happened when you came into that locker room was Brady was one of the first people that went up to you and introduced himself like he like he has to, but he would introduce himself, you know, I'm Tom Brady, and, 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 and reach out himself. That is, I think, Omar, maybe one of the greatest traits that Brady showed over the years was his ability to relate to every single guy in the locker room, and it was a big aspect for his success in Tampa, even though it was also a big aspect for his success throughout those years in New England. Yeah, not just creating that chemistry, but just the buy-in then that those young guys Tom Brady knows my name and just how that just set the foundation for the entire season and obviously all the success they had. I mean, not only was he a phenomenal talent uh, quarterback, but just the leadership, um, like you said, James, just tremendous on and off the field. Real quick, though, if we have a second, I, I was around the Packers this uh, training oh, camp. And I was talking to people who are around that team, and they said it's such a different vibe with Jordan Love because, like, he's their boy. Whereas with Aaron Rodgers, he was seen more as, like, a godfather figure, right? Don't speak unless spoken to. But now we see on Hard Knocks it's That's completely different <laughs> in New York. So I 100% think it's on the older guy to determine which way they want it to go. Yes, the younger guy should be, like – respecting and trying to make an effort but the older quarterback is the one kind of in charge do you want me to be in your circle or not Bridget this is that, that that's such a great point because this isn't going away quarterbacks are playing into their 40s now no right running backs running backs are playing to their 29 before they get let go so you know this is something and this is where I'm glad like I'm here I'm 57 you are not as old as me, Congrats. right? And, and so, <laughs> so this is something where I'm 17, look, look, 18th look, birthday coming up. There you go. So generational things like let's, <laughs> is there something where in life, right? You just got married, right? You're going through all these familial stages and generations of people and things as well. What are some of the generational things that like people like me or an older quarterback, like Aaron Rodgers, whatever that you think need to take place to establish harmony so there is a successful workplace relationship i think you just have to put be putting in the effort like i think back to when i was in uh like the triangle raleigh and durham and i think about 
Coach Cutcliffe and Mac Brown, why the players loved those guys who were such older coaches is because they come in the locker room after and do a little dance or something, right? They're not the best at it, but it's showing, hey, I want to be a part of your world, right? So I think these older quarterbacks have to almost say like, okay, I don't understand what these Yu-Gi-Oh cards or whatever they are that's going on, but like, let me play a hand or let me come in this TikTok for like once a week or something. Let me be a part of your world and show that I'm making an effort almost. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. You know, just the effort and, and the leadership. And, you know, as a game has changed over the years, so too has relationships in the locker room. And, uh, you know, it's not going away because, like you said, it seems like every quarterback now, Steve, says they want to play till they're 45 and follow Tom Brady's lead there. You know, we've heard Russell Wilson say it. We heard Drew Brees say it. You didn't quite get to that age, but, yeah, it's going to be an issue uh, or, or not one for years to come. Really good stuff. Can you imagine, though, like Bill Belichick walking through, like, Andy Reid, you know, who's got that great connection? How about them Patriots? <laughs> Can't see that happening. I think he did a lot. He already oh, met, admitted boy. he loves Taylor Swift, so he's taking steps in the right direction. Ooh. Yeah, that's a major dub. That's a major Bless dub. You. All right, Bridget Kahn and Omar yeah. Weiss, thank you so much. James Palmer, bring us home. I appreciate you guys, and also Taylor Swift uh, had something done to her, Steve, that so many Patriots players wishes that was said to them that she is tough, that she is able to handle the elements. All these Patriots play for Bill Belcher want to be called tough at some point. Now, this was the introductory episode of the NFL Report, which was just a podcast version, but you can see these smiling faces of Steve Weich and myself on the NFL channel, whether it's on Pluto or Tubi or Roku or Peacock, it is the NFL channel Mondays and Thursdays at 7.15. Steve, see you then. Yep, the NFL Fast channels. You remember the word fast? That's where we are because we're not just old, we're keeping up with the new trends in television and the new trends in fandom. For JP, for Steve Weich, we're out of here. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.